We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the Best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, April the 27th, 2021. Today's show, I break down tonight's game as Gamecocks baseball returns to action as they take on the Citadel Bulldogs for the third and final time in this 2021 baseball season. Guys, I'll break down the game in its entirety first. We'll talk about Citadel, the pitching, their hitting, also South Carolina, the starting pitcher for tonight's game, what to watch for, key player for tonight, give my prediction, much, much more as South Carolina returns to action in the midweek. Also, guys, news and notes to get into. we got a packed show here on a Tuesday that's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention that the companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media, at Upstate Movers Group. Of course, guys, if you have any other questions, go to their website, Upstate upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. guys happy tuesday hope you're all doing well i'm your host chris phillips the spurs up show as always appreciate you guys tuning in hope you're all having a fantastic day wherever this may find you whether you're on the commute you're in the office you're in class maybe you're studying for exams maybe you just took an exam maybe you got the day off whatever it may be guys hope you're all doing well thank you so much tuning in you know i'm a big believer and a big big proponent in positive momentum you know i really believe 
you know, I've said this before, stacking good days on good days, you know, continue to stack good work on good work on good work and keep a good attitude and, and, and stay positive and, and work hard and keep it moving and good things are going to happen. I got to say, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm just pointing this out. And I'm sure you guys have already seen it. It has been one wild week for TSUS and for me personally. I'm sure you guys saw on social media yesterday, uh, Kind of crazy how it came about, too. I had a Virginia Tech fan in my mentions on Twitter. You know, on Sunday, I thought I'd throw up a link. Hey, the Beamer Ball merch, the Beamer stuff, whatever, you know, with the spring game stuff like that. I checked my mentions on Monday, and I had a Virginia Tech fan say, hey, man, Frank Beamer really likes the hat, too. And I look, dude, it's literally a picture, which I'm sure you guys have seen already now. It is literally a picture of Frank Beamer rocking the white Beamer Ball hat. I mean, the positive momentum right now for TSUS from, you know, the name drop on the SEC Network Plus by Birch Antley to the uh, Shane Beamer tweeting at TSUS to being shown on the Jumbotron at the spring game to now Frank Beamer. Blessings abound. It's incredible. It's wonderful. It's amazing. And shout out to Frank Beamer, man. Real, recognize real, a real one. Hey, the next step, you know what the next step is, guys, right? getting uh, Shane Beamer and Gamecock football, the Gamecock football Twitter and Instagram accounts to unblock TSUS. That's the next step. That's the next thing we got to make happen. So if you guys want to tweet at Shane Beamer, tweet at the Gamecock football account, I think that's the next step for us. But no, seriously, man, it's been tons of blessings of late, guys. And again, the positive momentum, like I said, I'm a big believer in that and continuing when you get positive momentum to, to double down on it and work hard and keep a great attitude and keep going. That's exactly what we're doing. Continue to put out great content. But I want to say thank you to you guys because, again, without your love and support, you guys supporting the show and supporting the brand and supporting the merch, none of this would be happening. None of it would be possible. So, again, I'm so grateful to you all who tune in, who take time to share the content, consume the content, show love to the content, show love to the brand, everything we do. Thank you guys so much. With that being said, guys, let's go ahead and get right into it because I am fired up here on a Tuesday because Gamecocks baseball returning to action tonight at Founders Park to take on yet again, yes, the Citadel Bulldogs for the third and final time in its 2021 baseball season though I do not know why they played so many times this year but hey whatever I looked at the schedule I was like dang we're playing the Citadel again I guess the convenient thing is I've already got the notes made <laughs> I've already got the notes made for the podcast from the last two times we played so this will be an easy copy paste but no South Carolina the Citadel playing tonight seven o'clock first pitch at Founders Park guys on SEC Network plus of course the Citadel as we all know of the SOCON their head coach Tony Skoll and this 2021 season for them you know when South Carolina faced the Citadel early on in the year um, and I still do, right? I gave the Citadel a lot of credit, a lot of props, a really good baseball program. They have some really good baseball players. And we've seen the first couple of games, especially that first one, you know, have been really good competitive games. You know, you could argue the Citadel should have beaten South Carolina that first time. But it has been a rough, and I mean a rough season in Charleston for Tony Skull's ball club. 11 and 24 overall. 3-14 and 14 in the conference. They've lost four straight games. It has been a rough go of it, to say the least. Especially, hey, since the last two teams, been, I think it was like a month ago, and, and the Citadel was still, you know, things hadn't really spiraled out of control yet. Uh, yeah, 11-24 and 24 overall, 3-14 and 14 in their conference. Things, I would say, have uh, hit the fan in Charleston, South Carolina. Let's take a look at the stats, guys, and I really believe the stats 
tell you everything you got to know about this Citadel team. It starts on the mound. You know, their problems start there. A 6.48 team ERA. I was looking at the notes, guys, and the last time South kind of played the Citadel again, that was like a month ago. The Citadel's ERA, the last time they played, was like 4.2-something. So that ERA has jumped over two full points. They have not been able to get anybody out. A 6.48 team ERA. They're going to start Lathan Todd, 2-5 and five overall record with a 7.46 ERA, but I fully believe Blake Cooper, the pitching coach there, good friend of the show and a former Gamecock, I think he will implement the Johnny Holstaff mentality, the Johnny Holstaff routine, that whole deal, because they've done that each and every single time they play the Gamecocks. So, again, I would expect to see Lathan Todd and a host of other Bulldog pitchers tonight at Founders Park. Look at the hitting side of things. They're hitting 277 as a club. Not that bad. Um, you know, not that bad overall. But, again, when you have a 6.48 team ERA, I mean, it's just hard to beat anybody. Players to watch for for the Citadel. Outfielder Jeffrey Brown is where we start a 312 average, one home run, 10, 10 RBIs, really capable player at the top of their lineup. Guys, you remember he went five for five in the first game when these two teams played to a really good player at the top of their lineup. Infielder Tyler Corbett, who, by the way, shout out to him, a local product, went to airport high school. You know, I was talking to somebody else about this when South Carolina last played Citadel. They said, one of the best local products to come out of this area in a long, long time. He's hitting 376 on the year, five home runs, and 16 RBI, having a phenomenal season with the Bulldogs. And then finally, outfielder Ryan McCarthy, the best power threat in that lineup, 313 average, seven home runs for the Bulldogs, and 24 RBI. But again, guys, it really comes back to the Citadel pitching, which is you know crazy to say because, again, Blake Cooper, friend of the show, awesome guy. Gamecocks legend, his pitching staff, for whatever reason, has really, really, really struggled thus far in this 2021 baseball season. Let's move to the South Carolina side of things, guys. The starting pitcher, of course, right in the pitcher, Jack Mahoney, midweek Mahoney, taking the bump. I will say with Jack Mahoney, I've actually been really surprised how little he has pitched on the weekends over the last couple of weekends because I know we're starting him in the midweek and everything, and he's found a really nice groove there. And I mean, dude, when you're starting Jack Mahoney in the midweek, that is one hell of a luxury because Jack Mahoney is not your typical midweek guy. And we're talking about a guy that's 94, 95 with the fastball, the power sinker, great breaking stuff, the moxie, not your typical freshman, not your typical midweek guy, but that's the situation the Gamecocks are in. But Jack Mahoney, Getting the start in this one, guys. Let's move into what to watch for in this game. And the first thing is this. You know, the Citadel matchup times three. You know, the rematch. The three match, if you will. South kind of facing the Bulldogs for a third time this season. You know, it, it's always interesting when, you know, these in-state schools play each other because there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of emotions there. You saw that in the first game. I thought the second game, the last time these two teams played at Founders Park was was much more calm, much more tempered. I remember that was one of my storylines going in that one was just what were the emotions going to be like? You know, there was a lot of a lot of chirping, a lot of back and forth in that first game. And I don't think you really saw that in the last game. But, you know, overall, you know, facing the Citadel, anytime you're playing an in-state opponent, it's really cool. It's, it's, it's a fun type of, of matchup, if you will. You know, those Citadel guys especially, they've got the chip on their shoulder. Maybe they feel like South Carolina didn't give them a chance, didn't recruit them, whatever it may be. Um, so anytime you have that in-state matchup, I don't want to say it's a rivalry. I think that's a little aggressive, but you know, South kind of taking on the Citadel, it's always fun. I feel like when those two teams play in baseball, and I'm really excited to watching that tonight. So again, just the three match between South Carolina and Citadel, definitely something to watch for. And do the emotions return? Do we see the emotions come back 
like we saw in game one. It would be very interesting to see. Uh, something else I'm watching for, guys, again, this game, it's a midweek game, and you don't take the Citadel lightly. They're a solid ball club. I know the record doesn't speak to that, but they are a solid ball club. They've got good coaches. They've got talent. But this game, of course, guys, in the midweek, it all revolves around South Carolina, right? <clears throat> because this is a very important week for Gamecock baseball. You know, you like where you sit right now overall. I know you lost two or three to Arkansas, but overall, you know, you, you feel good about your ball club. You feel good about where you are at this point. But you have got to find a way, first things first, to build some confidence and consistency specifically at the plate. And it starts in a game like tonight against the Citadel. I mean, listen, the stats speak to it. 6.48 team ERA. You're not facing a bunch of studs out there. And again, that's all due respect to the opponent. But this should be a game in which you are able to take advantage of a pitching staff that has just really, like I said, guys, call it for what it is, had a really, 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 really rough go at it. I mean, the last time these two teams played, South Carolina won 11-7. to 11-7, the Gamecocks had nine hits on the game. But remember, they only had five runs through four innings, had that big six spot at the top of the eighth. But, you know, this is an opportunity for you Excuse me, I'm actually talking about the wrong game. That 11-7 game was the first time these two teams played. The last time they played was, okay, 8-3, to excuse me, March the 23rd, 8-3. to I was about to say, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, the Gamecocks had an early offensive explosion, eight runs on nine hits, two runs in the first, one in the second, three in the third, one in the fourth, and one in the fifth. But again, for a lineup that's struggling and struggled mightily against Arkansas. And tip your cap to that Arkansas pitching staff. They're really, really good. They're number one for a reason. But you look at this weekend upcoming. Again, not looking past the Citadel, but you just look at this weekend. You're taking on Ole Miss going to their place. I mean, heck, the rest of the season, guys, you're going to have to swing it to win ballgames. You're just going to have to. And I think this is a lineup right now that, you know, even in the win against Arkansas, did you really swing it that well? You, you took advantage. Don't get me wrong. You took advantage of Arkansas mistakes and walks and them sort of helping you out, but that's what it took for you to score. You know, this Gamecocks lineup, I, I don't know what it is. I don't think it's an approach problem. I think it's a mentality problem. I think it's a confidence problem. I think that's the issue because this is the same batch of hitters that we saw early in this season that was tearing up everyone they saw. And I know the competition got stiffer, but still. This is a lineup full of good hitters. What changed? This is a night tonight to build confidence, to get that consistency back, to have some fun, and to have a hit parade at Founders Park. Because, again, you need to build that confidence. Because you're going into a series at Ole Miss where you're going to have to swing the bats. You're going to have to swing the bats to have success. Ole Miss is going to score. They're just like Arkansas, if not better, offensively. Ole Miss is going to score. <laughs> You're not going to win three games, one to nothing, or two to one, or three to two. You're going to have to put up some numbers. So starting tonight, again, I still have full confidence in this lineup, in the guys in this lineup. I still think the approaches are good. I don't think the approaches, guys, really have changed all season. But the mentality, there's a disconnect right now. I think there's a little bit of lack of confidence. I think there's a little bit of pressing going on. And tonight could be a great night to serve. Like I said, it's just the Citadel. It's just a midweek. But just having something to feel good about offensively. Because, again, I talked about positive momentum at the beginning of the show. Baseball's the exact same way. You know, 
one guy starts hitting, another starts hitting, all of a sudden everybody starts hitting, and sometimes all it takes is a night like tonight to just feel good again. For the ball to increase in size a little bit and say, dang, it doesn't look like a little ping pong ball coming up there anymore. looks more like a beach ball. And all of a sudden, you're feeling good. You roll into Oxford. It don't matter who's on the mound. You feel good about your game, what you're doing. Boom, you go win two out of three. You get a big series dub. And it snowballs. I mean, that's how winning streaks happen. So building that confidence and that consistency at the plate tonight, that's something, again, I know we're all going to have our eye on. And there's nobody who needs a good night more than this Sal kind of lineup. Speaking of somebody who needs a good night, on that note, Wes Clark. We're all watching Wes Clark at this point, guys. And, you know, I I talked about it yesterday, his cold streak, what he's going through. I mean, the guy's like four for his last 40. It's brutal, right? It's absolutely brutal. And I hate to keep bringing it up, but it's just, it has to be a main talking point when it comes to, this South Carolina batting order, and it comes to the South Carolina offense, because I think one of the major things that's killing the Gamecocks offensively is Wes Clark's cold streak. It is. And until he snaps out of it, until he gets going, I think it's going to be very frustrating to watch this team offensively. Could tonight, yet again, just like I said about this entire lineup, but specifically for Wes, could tonight serve as a night where we see him loosen up a little bit, maybe stop pressing? Because I can tell you guys this. I see a lot of people saying, Oh, you know, you got to take him out of the lineup, move him down to the lineup. Taking him out of the lineup is not the solution. That is the opposite of what the solution is. When you're going through a slump, guys, pulling a guy out of the lineup is not going to get him out of the slump. It's probably just going to make it worse. You've got to let him figure it out. He's one of your dudes, man. He's one of your guys. You're riding or dying with West Clark, bottom line. West Clark is a good hitter, and good hitters eventually will hit. They will. The guy we saw early in the season, is he a 700 hitter? No. But he's not nearly as bad as we've seen recently either. I want to see a West Clark tonight again, just having fun, man. Just, just, you know, I feel like he's been pressing a little bit. You know, you start to feel like, oh, I got to be this home run guy. I'm leading the country in home runs. I got to hit bombs. I got to hit bombs. And his approach is his approach. He's going to be a home run hitter. But I just even want to see Wes Clark get back to making solid contact. Like, we're seeing a lot of swings and misses. I feel like he's pulling his head off a lot, you know, making weak contact. Let's just see Wes Clark get back to hard, solid contact and having fun at the plate again. Because, again, this South Carolina offense will not be up to its optimal capacity if Wes Clark is not swinging it well or swinging it even decently, which he hasn't done. I mean, again, he went one for 11 this past weekend with, I believe, six strikeouts. So you got to get more out of Wes Clark in that three-hole. Again, he, he's one of your dudes, man. He's one of your big guys. And when he's not swinging it, it, it just makes it really, really, really tough on the rest of this lineup. He's a dude that's got to swing it for you. Another thing I'll be watching for, guys, specifically, is the hot corner and third base. And, you know, we saw Michael Robinson pinch hit in the, the uh, excuse me, the Friday game, game one. And we saw him pinch hit late and had a, had a nice base knock and got the RBI single and then get the start game three against Arkansas. And, of course, it was Jeff Heinrich and Michael Robinson in that Arkansas series. No sign of Brennan Malone, which is mind-boggling to me. Listen, I know Brennan Malone has struggled. I, this hasn't been his season. It's unfortunate, too, because the kid has so much freaking talent. 
But for Brennan Malone to not even see the field, not even get a single at bat against Arkansas, I'm really not sure what to think of that. I'm really not. Um, you know, is there more shuffling at the hot corner? Is it Robinson again? Is it Heinrich? Do you go back to Malone? I, I just, you know, I like Mark Kingston. I'm a Mark Kingston guy, but some of the decisions he's made in regards to who they're playing at third base and who they want to be that due to that position, I think they'd be much, much, much better served to pick one guy and ride him out. Let him figure it out, man. Because, again, same as Wes Clark, same as Braylon Wimmer, same as Andrew Eister, same as David Mendham. Even when they're slumping, you believe at some point that good hitters are going to hit. Good players are going to figure it out. But if you never give a guy an opportunity to figure it out, then you're just left spinning your wheels like you're doing right now at third base. I mean, guys, we are what? 30, basically 40 games in? We're 18 SEC games in? And we still don't know who our starting third baseman is. How is that possible? I can tell you how. Because you've been spinning your wheels. You know, Brendan Malone does something good. He gets in there for a weekend. Oh, he has a bad weekend. Oh, we're going to go ahead and switch to somebody else. Oh, Jeff Heinrich didn't have a great night. Oh, switch to somebody else. Oh, switch to my. How can you build any consistency that way? It's like having a revolving door at quarterback. You just can't. You just, you, you don't allow guys to get into a rhythm. You don't allow guys to, to build any sort of consistency. When I look at the hot corner, I do think Brendan Malone's your best option. Because he's a guy that even, even through his struggles this year, I feel like Brennan Malone has taken quality at-bats for you. Like, even when he hasn't gotten hits, I feel like they've been quality ABs. And I know without a shout of a doubt that he has the highest ceiling of any of the other guys that are fighting for that job. Jeff Heinrich, he sort of is what he is. I like Jeff. He has a role in this ball club, but he's a 250 hitter. That's what Jeff Heinrich is. Michael Robinson, I mean, if he was that good, guys, he'd be playing. He would have already been playing way earlier. So who gets the nod of the hot corner tonight? If it's not Brennan Malone, I start to really, really question um, if he's hurt, if something else is going on. I start to have some serious questions about his future in Garnet and Black. I, I really, and I hate to say that because I would hate to see him go, but there, something's going on. I feel like something's got to be going on. So, again, who starts tonight and plays at the hot corner? Going to be interesting to see. Uh, something else I'm watching more guys is on the bump. You know, how long does Jack Mahoney go? You know, again, this is a guy that hasn't been pitching on the weekends for whatever reason. I, I think he's a, you know, we've already seen it before. He's more than capable of being a weekend arm, but he's found a nice groove and a niche in that Tuesday midweek spot as well and done a really good job. Um, and I expect him to throw good again tonight. And, again, there's a lot of guys that I'm sure we'll see you know, the bump that haven't thrown in a bit, guys that will get their opportunities and get to throw. How long does Jack Mahoney go? Do they try to stretch him out five, six, seven innings again? Or is this more of a Johnny Holstaff, quote-unquote, type approach for South Carolina getting guys where, again, you return back to the normal schedule of Friday through Sunday for this weekend series, which I'm kind of glad. I mean, Thursday, Saturday is cool, but I do like the traditional Friday through Sunday personally. But uh, with that being said, how long do you stretch out Jack Mahoney in this one? And just how many different arms do we see um, take the mound for South Carolina? Finally, guys, what I'm watching for is this. 
And again, this game all comes back to the Gamecocks. You know, we can talk about the Citadel, and again, it's all due respect to the opponent, but the Citadel is a team you should beat. You've already beaten them twice. You've got them at home yet again. Tonight is about, number one, handling your business. You know, I think this team approaches the midweek the right way. I think they show up and approach each and every single baseball game. Listen, I've said it before. There's great leadership on this team, and they understand just how privileged and how lucky they are, I should say, to get to put on the uniform and play this great game at Founders Park. I, I don't think that's an issue with this team. So I, I think we'll be fine in that regard. But handling your business, number one, and also tonight, building momentum. Listen, you're in a good spot, right? I, I'm certainly, I mean, there's no panic button or anything, of course. There's nothing wrong. You know, you lost two or three to Arkansas, number one team in the country, big deal, whoop, whatever. Who gives a shit? But you have real concerns. You have real issues offensively. You know, and tonight serves as a night where, man, if you only if you if you beat Citadel three to one, I don't think you did what you really needed to do. Like you need to build some momentum. Like I said earlier, you got to build confidence. You got to build consistency. This is a great opportunity for you to take advantage of a lesser opponent. You're not playing Arkansas. You're not playing Bandy. You're not playing Ole Miss. You're playing the Citadel with all due respect, but you're playing the Citadel. It is what it is. It's a midweek game. It's all about tonight. Take care of your business. Jump on them early. Build momentum. Get a couple of guys going. Have something to feel good about because, again, you're going to need that momentum. And like I told you guys at the beginning of the show, positive momentum, a very real thing. You're going to need that momentum as you go into the back half or the back stretch, if you will, of this SEC schedule, which you've already started the gauntlet with LSU and Arkansas. But this week for South Carolina baseball, in my opinion, is so pivotal. It's so pivotal because Ole Miss, you know, just looking ahead, and we're going to talk about this a lot more in detail on Thursday and Friday shows, but you look ahead, Ole Miss is a team. They've been struggling, just lost two of three to LSU at home. You know, you look at the following week, you got Mississippi State, which reminds me a lot of taking on Arkansas. You got to find a way in my mind to go three and one this week. You need to go three and one, and it starts tonight with a big win, a big momentum-building win against a team that you should take care of business against, especially offensively and at the plate. So, all right, guys, let's move to key player for the game tonight. My key player, there's a lot of guys that could get this, but I'm going to leave Wes Clark alone. I feel like I've been picking on Wes Clark a little bit, but a guy at the top of the South kind of order that I think needs to get going, get again, he's really been struggling, and that is Braylon Wimmer. You know. The prototypical two-hole hitter, I think he needs to stay in that two-hole, but somebody, again, started off this season so hot, was hitting like 400 for you, and really ever since the family stuff that he had where he had to miss the UNC game, and again, I'm certainly not you know, holding that against Braylon Wimmer. I mean, you got to take care of your business, got to take care of your family, family comes first, but really it feels like ever since that point and that moment, and again, we don't know the type of you know what he's playing with, the burden he's carrying, and if it's something that's bothering him still, but just overall, what we see on the field, you know, Braylon Wimmer is another guy, I think, that needs to get it going for this South kind of offense. He is a guy that's so dangerous, so fast, runs a 6'4", 60, a guy that showed you power early in the season as well, and somebody that when he's clicking, it feels like this entire lineup is clicking. You know, again, out there, there's many guys, there's many that you could pick that need to get it going, that need to have success. You know, I, I just think with Brady out at the top of the lineup, he's had a ton of success. He's still kind of doing his thing. Having that one-two punch of Allen and Wimmer, getting Braylon Wimmer going. 
getting him confidence at the plate again, getting him having fun. Because I think Braylon Wimmer just looking ahead way ahead to next year. I think this is your best returning player, but he's got to return to form. He's got to return to form. And again, guys, we're talking about a South Carolina offense. One guy is hitting 300, better, 300 or better, and that's Brady Allen. Get Braylon Wimmer going. Get the top of your order going. It'll bleed down all the way through your lineup. Hitting is contagious. So, again, guys, my key player for tonight is Braylon Wimmer. All right, prediction for the game. South Carolina taking on the Citadel, looking to go 3-0 and against the Bulldogs this year. Long story short, I think they will do that. Again, I think this team's going to be locked in, focused. They understand the task at hand. And is really going to use this game tonight, like I said, guys, to build that positive momentum. Again, it's a huge week for Carolina baseball. And these guys are trying to go 1-0 each and every single time out. Totally understand that and respect that, of course. And, again, I think the mentality will be right. The leadership is there. These guys will be fired up. Hey, I haven't played since Friday, so everybody's going to be fresh. But these guys will be fired up to get back out on the field. I think South Carolina will handle business. I don't think it's quite the offensive explosion that we'd all like to see and prefer to see. You know, I, I think South Carolina will win comfortably. But I think that to pick this team to score – even double-digit runs right now may be a little bit aggressive. I need to see it before I do it, before I pick it. So I think the Gamecocks get the win. I think Jack Mahoney will give you another fantastic start, five or six innings, your bullpen do their thing. I, I think that uh, the Gamecocks early on will jump on the Citadel. I think they'll be able to pick on that pitching staff, and I think they get the win. Give me Gamecocks seven, the Citadel two. Again, Gamecocks seven, Citadel two. I think South going to be able to handle its business, take care of business get the, against the Citadel, have something to feel good about. Like I said, I think there's still going to be issues after tonight. I, I don't think you're going to solve all of your issues, of course, against the Citadel. Um, but at least, if nothing else, getting a dub back under your belt, having something to feel good about, and again, setting up what is going to be a pivotal weekend in Oxford, Mississippi, this weekend against the Ole Miss Rebels. So, again, guys, lock it in. I got South Carolina 7, Citadel 2. Should be a lot of fun tonight at Founders Park. And, hey, yours truly will be there. So if you're in the building, come up, come by, say what's up. We'd love to talk Gamecocks, love to meet up with you guys. But, again, it should be a fun night at Founders Park. I got Gamecocks 7, Citadel 2. All right, guys, that's going to do it all for me for the Citadel preview for the game tonight, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. One quick note, South going to rank 13th in the D1Baseball.com poll. Again, 13th in that poll. You know, dropping two spots overall, you know, I, I know you lose the number one team in the country, but overall I think it's fair. I mean, you, you, you lost two of three. Whatever. It is what it is, guys. It really doesn't matter. The polls are what they are. Again, 13th in that D1Baseball.com poll. Um, so, yeah, take for that what you will. Hey, 10th in the 11.7 poll. Shout out to my guys at 11.7. But, again, guys, that's going to do it all for me. Gamecocks taking on the Citadel tonight for the third time this season. Third and final time. Should be a lot of fun, guys. Hey, thanks again. Like I said, appreciate the love, the support, guys. It's crazy. It's the positive momentum is wild right now, and I thank you guys so much. Again, so grateful for your love, support, rocking with the content, rocking what we do. Thank you guys so much. But again, guys, appreciate you guys tuning in. Go Cox, beat the Citadel, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 